Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, and we got a treat for you today. Um, Our expert today is all about helping kids detox from social media and screen over you. So Michael Jacobus Jacobus. Jacobus, um, is an internationally recognized author, child development specialist, and a camp professional. Um, He has an extensive background in youth-serving nonprofit staff training operations administration and outdoor education he is the author of two books for the camp community the camp director survival guide and insights and inspirations in the summer of 2018 michael started the world's first clinical summer camp program for teens and adolescents suffering from unhealthy screen time and social media overuse habits and game addiction reset summer camp for digital detox and life skills so welcome welcome to the show my friend thank you sir so how the heck are you, dude? First and foremost, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> doing pretty good. So how did you end up in this space? Yeah, doing detox summer camps for kids. Tell us your story. Well, I'd, I'd been a summer camp director for over 30 years. Whoa, that, that's, that's a hot a, second. Yeah, that's a church camps, YMCA camps, Boy Scout camps, you know, all kinds of traditional summer camp programs. And um, my son, who was uh, 13 at the time, uh, became addicted to World of Warcraft, Ooh. and um, it, and his mom and I kind of white knuckled him through high school. It it took all that we had. There was nothing to send him to. No available programs. You know, he wasn't really a candidate for a wilderness program or a therapeutic boarding school. Program. It wasn't that bad, Yet. but it was bad. You know, right. <laughs> um, and so uh, it. It just always stuck in my mind that I had wished that there was something I could have done for him. And then when um, the rise of Fortnite started uh, around 2017, 2018, and all these kids were becoming addicted to Fortnite, and the World Health Organization declared gaming disorder as a diagnosable issue. Mm -hmm. So I sort of decided to to mix the two, mix a summer camp program with a therapeutic program that I wish I had had available for my son and reset was born from that. Wow. And so what is reset? Tell us a little bit about your reset summer camps. Take us through a typical camp, what the goals are, what the results look like, what's a typical camp look like and what are you guys doing? Well, reset summer camp is a four week program. Oh, that's a whole month. Yeah. And it's a, it's a digital detox. It started out pretty much as a gaming addiction program. And now it's kind of morphed into digital detox and life skills uh, because of the, pan- the COVID pandemic didn't do us any favor with uh, kids and their social skills. Right. Uh, so, you know, we sort of combined both. Um, the program itself is housed on a university campus. Oh. So the kids are in dorm rooms with roommates. We uh, change their roommate assignments every week because it's uncomfortable, because life is uncomfortable, and they have to get used to that. Um, The first week is really the hardest. I I tell my staff to brace themselves for the first week, because (laughs) unlike the traditional summer camps I've run for 30 years, no kid wants to attend this camp. 
they all think they're being punished. You know, it's all this or boarding school, you know, a threat by the parents. Right. Um, Against your will. Yeah. Yeah. None of them want to be there. Right. And all of them have rotten eating habits, rotten sleeping schedules. You know, they're all eating Doritos and drinking Gatorade and up till two in the morning on social media or, or streaming videos or playing video games. So at camp, we go to bed at 930. Nobody's sleepy at 930. And we wake them up at 630 and, and gather at seven and go to breakfast at 730. So that, that whole first week is really, really rough. But um, over the course of the four weeks, you know, they, they get on a schedule, a, a healthy eating program, a good sleep schedule. They start to actually interact and socialize with the, the other kids at camp and staff. And, and we expose them to a whole bunch of, you know, different opportunities, everything from sports to improv. You know, our life skills course has things like cooking and learning how to do your own laundry and what big tech really wants from you. And we even do a financial footprint class that, uh, you know, what does it cost for you to live that somebody else is currently paying? That once you get out of the house, you might end up paying yourself. Ooh, that must be pretty eye-opening for a lot of those kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because we have, uh, you know, gasoline is one of the 20 things on the list. And I've, I've kept a record of every year we've done this. And it was, you know, two bucks and it was four bucks. <laughs> Last year it was six bucks. So we'll see what it is that, by this summer. And where are you coming at us from? What, what state are you guys in? Uh, we're in California. Uh, the, the camp has been in Santa Barbara, California for the past five years. Santa Barbara. That's like from my favorite TV show ever, Psych. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this summer, however, we're opening a license program uh, east of Montreal, Canada. Oh, wow. So we're going to have one on the West Coast and one close to the East Coast. That's really cool. That's really cool. And so what are some of the results like, like some of the feedback you get back after these camps, these kids come in unwilling. And then are they like, I don't want to leave. Like I, are, are they, are they sometimes scared to go back to a world where their smartphone might distract them? Yeah, very much so. Um, it, it's really rewarding for us and the staff when they, you know, give each other group hugs because they're, they're leaving. Uh, we end the camp program with a family workshop weekend. So the, at least one parent, usually both, come out on Friday and they leave with their child on Sunday. Mm. And at, during that family workshop, we, you know, we go over everything we taught the kids at camp. Uh, there is a family therapy session with one of our clinicians. Uh, we get uh, assigned a camp staffer to do the follow-up. We do eight weeks of follow-up. Eight weeks. Um, while the kids are at camp, we're emailing the parents about, you know, reviewing their own relationship with technology. We encourage them to take a tech-free weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, we encourage them to change the home environment, you know, get the tech out of the bedrooms. And we tell the kids at camp that this is what you're going home to. So nobody's surprised by it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is you can't just sign up and attend our camp. Uh, you have to uh, fill out an application that gets reviewed by the clinical staff and then the clinical staff will contact the parent who filled out the form and discuss their application questions. Mm -hmm. And really that's to weed out, you know, the anger management kids or the sexual deviation kids, you know, kids that are um, addicted to more than just technology, like alcohol or drugs. Right. You know, we're not, we're not that kind of program. Right. Gotcha. Well, you know, let's talk about screen addictions for a second, because I feel like this is something that it's facing like 90% of human beings today, not just kids. Um, and I feel like it's really impacting, I mean, like you said, COVID didn't help, but I feel like emojis are like replacing emotions and like, how can we, I guess, how can we reverse that? Maybe not reverse it, but I don't know, like 
how can we help them reclaim their social skills from these screens? Well, that's a really good question because uh, unfortunately I don't really see uh, a really bright light at the end of this technology right. tunnel that we're in. Um, I'll do talks uh, all the time with like, high school groups and, and parent groups and, and they'll ask me to talk about social media and things like that. And, and I'll explain, you know, two or three of the platforms and then I'll say, okay, now you can forget everything I just said. Because while I've been talking to you, three new platforms have been launched, six new games, four mm. new apps. You know, I mean, there's no way a parent today can keep up with the bombardment of media that is hitting their kids' smartphones. So what do we do? Well, what I tell all parents to do is the only, the only avenue for it is open and frequent communication with your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, have them show you on their phones what they're doing. And the, obviously, the younger you start this, the better. You know, anytime right. I'm at a restaurant and I see a kid in a stroller with a rubber, rubber-covered iPad, I'm like, well, there's a future camper. Um, <laughs> we'll but, see uh, you in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you have a teenager that, that you're concerned about, you, you really need to sit down and, and let them know this is not a blame thing. This is not a, a mistrust thing. You know, and, and it's not that you don't trust the kid. It's that you don't trust the world that is bombarding your kid's smartphone. Yeah. So you have them show you, you know, who they're talking to online and, and what apps they're using and what pictures they are sending, you know, and, and this has to happen, you know, maybe not daily, but every two or three days, uh, you need to be aware and check in with what your kids are doing. Mm. I love that. What are some of like the tools and practices that you instill in your kids at camp for them to bring home to the real world? Because I mean, we can you talk and you you talk about like an eight week follow up too. Is that to help the kids to maintain those healthy habits that they started at camp? Yeah, exactly. Um, By the time the kid leaves our program, they're on a good sleep schedule. They're eating three healthy meals a day. They're not snacking at all because we don't allow snacking. Um, <gasps> yeah, no, we don't. I mean, you know, and, and there's always the joke of, uh, you know, fruit is always available and things like that, but because we're on college campuses, we go to our meals in the college cafeteria. So then we come back to the dorm. There's no food at the dorm. Right. So, so they have to get used to eating when food is available mm-hmm. and it's a buffet style. You can take all as much as you want, but you have to eat everything you take. Mm-hmm. And then if you decide you're going to pout or you're unhappy and you don't want to eat today, then then you don't eat until the next meal. <laughs> There's no, there is no care package full of snacks coming from mom and dad. Right. Um, but some of the things we teach them, you know, one of the classes is uh, what big tech wants from you and teaching them that big tech doesn't want their amusement and their joy. It what? wants their time and their money, you know, and their friends time and their money. Yeah. And showing them apps like Facetune that change, you know, modify what you look like, uh, so you can look better. You know, I, we'll we'll ask a group, you know, how many of you have ever posted a photo and then taken it down within an hour because it didn't get enough likes? Typically, every girl raises their hand, and at least half the boys. Mm. And we talk about, you know, social media. What it was intended for was to share your life with your friends and family, mm-hmm. not to not to achieve likes. And, po- and increase your popularity. Right. And, you know, anytime I post a photo on social media, I don't care if anyone likes it. Right. I like it. So I posted it, you know. Right. So it's really getting around that mindset of, uh, you know, my whole self-worth is based on who I present myself on social media. 
Yeah, man. And so then moving forward, do you like give parents like, all right, here's some good, here, here's some like healthy best, best practices at home. Like don't keep your phone in the room or whatever. Yeah, it might and, be. and we send that information out while the kids are at camp to try to get the parents to, to get in the groove before the kid gets home. Mm-hmm. And then we emphasize it during the family workshop. We actually have a, a contract that the kids and the parents sign together. You know, I have to do all my homework and before I can have, you know, two hours of game time or an hour of social media, because we don't just have gamers. We have social media kids and, right. and um, streaming kids too. So it's, right. it's kind of a gamut of, of digital detox. And it's like, and then, yeah, the eight week follow-up is really just to main, maintain communication, make sure that they're pursuing what they learned. You know, it, we do a, a lot of exercise we do yoga, we do kickboxing, you know, and a lot of kids have gotten into it at school or at private clubs. I actually went to a, a school play that one of our kids uh, discovered improv at camp and decided he really loved acting and he joined the <laughs> theater group and I went to watch him in a play. So that's, dope. You know, that's so much better than sitting at home playing a video. That's awesome. I feel like, I feel like, you know, technology is not going anywhere right? It's only going to get more and more immersive, if anything, like with VR and augmented reality and all these other things that are going on, it's only going to get more intense. And so teaching kids good habits, because they're going to have tech, kids are eventually, you know, they're going to have phones, they're going to have X, Y, and Z. And so teaching them to have that good relationship with it so that they own their tech, not the other way around. Because I feel so many kids right now, their tech own them. Like foot, tooth, foot, nail, everything. They own those kids. The tech does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we tell the kids when they first arrive that this is not punishment camp, even though they all think it is. <laughs> this is uh, not brat camp. You will wake <laughs> up at six. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody here will ever tell you not to play a video game again or not to be on social media again. This is not what it's about. It's really about having a healthy balance. You know, and that's kind of what we talk to parents too when they are asking if this program is right for their kid. You know, we had... Mm-hmm one mom call and wanted to sign her kid up because she was really concerned that he played video games too much, but he was also on the basketball team on the debate team, had straight A's and a part-time job. And I'm like, I he doesn't have time think, to be on social media. Too yeah. Much. <laughs> I don't think our program will benefit him because it sounds like he has a good, healthy balance. Right. You know, to but it's the degree. kids who call their mom a bitch when she says it's time to turn off the game and come to dinner. Oh, my Lanta. That's, dude. that's a kid who's, a, a good Ooh. candidate for our program dude i won't lie if i would have said anything like that to my mama oh it would have been the last thing i Ooh. said Ooh. yeah i would have heard my first middle name come out of her mouth and yep no more nathan gonzo well and Goodbye. that's another thing is we tell parents to stop being their friends of their kids mm. and to be the parent yeah how so many parents these days just want to be the pal and I'm i don't like, want to lose their trust it's, it's okay you know and when a kid says um don't you trust me? Because I hear that all the time. No, I'll, I'll say to the parents, yeah, you can say yes, but I trust you to be 14. That means I'm not going to give you the keys to my car and have you go down to 7-Eleven buy me a six-pack. You're a 14-year-old. Right. So I'm going to trust you to be 14. Well, so a lot of people don't realize like the, the part of our bodies that makes decisions, right? That prefrontal cortex, it ain't done growing until 25. Yeah. I was gonna, I was so even your full-fledged yeah. adults, your 21-year-olds who the legal drinking age, they're not even fully matured yet to make good decisions all the time. So exactly. why on earth would we put that on a 14-year-old to try and expect them to make good decisions all the time? Be like, hey, here's a supercomputer. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell parents all the time, it's, it's okay to be the parent. 
doesn't mean you have to be the mean guy, but you're, you're not there to be their friend. Right. And I also tell parents, one of the first things I say to parents is you, you need to start by giving yourself some grace mm -hmm. only because you are the first generation of parents who have had children who have this massive onslaught of media coming at them through their smartphones. I didn't have a smartphone when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I got older, if I played Mario, you know, you rescue the princess and you see the words game over, but the game actually ended. And so you either started at world one and played it again, or you didn't play again. You were done. Right. And today there is no done. There no, is no end. 15 million side quests. And oh then... yeah. You can stay on your computer gaming in the same game indefinitely. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's the thing. I like People say, oh, you know, like these games, they just want your attention. And I'm like, dude, these games want your money. They don't care what costs it comes to. They don't care about the people that you will get exposed to. They don't care about the predators. They don't care about the pornography. All they care about is money. And a right. lot of people don't recognize that. No, and there's in-app purchases. There's skins you can buy for your characters. There's loot mm -hmm. boxes that have been associated with online gambling. You know, you can get a, a striptease lap dance in Grand Theft Auto now. Really? Yeah, you can pull your car over, go into the strip club, and actually have a virtual, fully naked woman do a lap dance for you. And this oh is in goodness. a video game. Really? Oh, my yeah. goodness. And, and, and this, I mean, we got, we got young kids playing this game. Well, and the artwork is only going to get better and more realistic. You know, five years from now, you won't even be able to tell it's not a real person. Oh my gosh. And this is like our, our 12 year olds. Yeah. Holy smokes. Now, now the game says mature only, you know, and that's, no one pays attention. At the, no one even cares. Well, and parents are being their kids' friends. Right. They're like, oh, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine. We have kids I played that come Halo to back in the day. That was rated M. I was fine. We have kids that come to camp that have run up thousands of dollars on their parents' credit cards in, <sighs> in online gaming purchases. And the parents wonder how that could have happened. And I'm like, I'll tell you how it happened. You assigned your credit card when you let the kid sign in to play a mature game that, that the gaming company says that you have to be 18 and over to play, but you just wanted to be his friend. So you went ahead and, and did it thinking he would only charge the download of the game. And then lo and behold, they and just then lo get and bold, Yeah. His, I mean, I, I've had, had kids who have over $5,000 of virtual skins in their Fortnite closet uh, that, you know, this is spending real world money on fake stuff that they will never be able to use or resell. Right, right. It's just a social flex. Look at me. I got the Spider-Man outfit or I look like well, Thanos. And if you or... don't have it and your friend has it, then you're the dork. So you better get it. I mean, huh? it's just, it's crazy. Well, that's an interesting concept you bring up there. That, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. I feel like that is what keeps most kids online more than anything else yeah. is they don't want to miss out on something that might be going on. And in the end, everyone ends up missing out together because everyone yeah. does nothing together. Exactly. Um, the, the only advice I have for that is I'll give parents, um, I'll say if your kid plays online with other kids, you know, uh, for, well, first of all, I'll back up a little and I'll ask kids at camp, how many of you have an online friend that you've never met in person? And they all raise their hand. And I'll say, okay, well, that's a problem. You know, and it, it could just be a, a peer that goes to another school and you have similar interests and you just never met them. That's fine. Then invite them to a Zoom meeting and ask their parents to be there. So you and your parents can meet them and their parents. Just, mm -hmm. and it can be a five minute meeting, but just so you've actually 
seen the person in 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 person. In person, yeah. yeah. And if they don't agree to that, that's a that's a red, red flag. flag. Yeah. <laughs> Foul on the play. <laughs> aside from that, I will tell parents to get to know the parents of the kids that your kid is playing with. Right. So number one, you can set up for lack of a better term, like a play date. You know, it when because if a kid says, Oh, but Billy just signed on, I don't wanna, I don't wanna turn it off. Well, if you're communicating with the other parents, you can all decide five to seven is fortnight time. Mm-hmm. So they're all on at the same time and they all log off at the same time. And you can use it for support too. Like, hey, Billy just got on. And you'd be like, hey, uh, my son needs to do the dishes or something. He can't game right now. So well, other you, parents can be like, hey, yo, like, you know, like support each other from both sides. And you would not believe the resistance I get from parents. Really? My, fa- my favorite story is a mom who said, well, my kid's best friend is Asian and his parents only speak Mandarin. So I, I can't do that. And I held up my phone with Google Translate. I said, I spent a month in China. I don't speak Mandarin. Here's here's a translate program. Use that. I mean, make the effort. Right. So, I mean, it's really just getting it through the parents' heads mm-hmm. that, that they've got to stop being their kid's friend and start being the parent. Yeah. I know there's a lot of parents listening here that are probably getting a little bit freaked out. Um, <laughs> where is a good place to start? You know, if you're scared that you might be going down that path or you're for full blown, you're on that path. Where's a good place to start? Well, yeah, I mean, it really depends on the specific kid and the age range. Mm. You know, when I speak to parent groups of elementary kids, uh, the first thing I say is I don't want your kid at my camp. Your kid is young enough right now that you should be able to get a hold of this and not have to have your kid come to my camp or worse, a wilderness program or a therapeutic program. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I find is a screen addiction is very personality specific, which is to say most of the kids who come to our camp have the have the problem, but they have brothers and sisters that don't have the problem. So it's not any one family. It's not any one demographic. It's just, you know, some kids brains are just triggered by the excitement and the bright lights and the sounds and, you know, and they get all encompassed in gaming and some other kids could care less. So, you know, what I, what I tell parents that the, the typical kid who comes to our camp, their grades are falling, their involvement in family, you know, be it dinners or outings or whatever is, is, is dropping off to zero. Their behavior at home sucks. They're calling, they're the kids that are calling mom a bitch when she says it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. They're uh, saying they're going to bed and then they're getting back up and gaming more. Uh, you know, those are, those are the typical kids that come to our camp. So for those parents, you know, starting the communication uh, is critical. And like I said, it doesn't have to be an antagonistic conversation. It can be, look, I've been doing some research about screen addiction. I'm a little concerned that you might fall into this category. So we're going to have kind of a different relationship. Mm. So I want you to get your phone. You know, and most kids who come to our camp aren't on their phones. They're on their computer. (laughs) You know, they're gamers. They're not really social media kids, uh, although some are. Uh, but I want you to get your phone. I want to go sit with you in your room and, and have you turn on your game. I want to I see what you're doing. And it's, it's laborsome for the parent. And it's right. kind of boring for the parent. You know, I'm going to sit there and watch a kid play Call of Duty. Right. And I, could, I could care less. But you have to care because it's your kid. Yeah. But watch him play and watch the Discord channel with the chat or watch the in-game chat. And just get a feel for what it is they're doing and why it's gripping them so much. Mm. And if you want to create an account and play with them, which some parents do, they get killed right away and the kid thinks it's funny because the parent doesn't know what they're doing. Um, but uh, 
but engage yourself in what is interesting your, to your child so they don't have to a hide it from you and b lie about it and right. then try to establish some limits mm. like which what? is really what? tough because games don't end right so, so how you do you know, set a limit for a game that doesn't end well, typically, you know, I'll, I'll have parents use a timer, an alarm clock uh, with like a 15 minute snooze or a 15 minute warning. So, so the last thing you want to do is just unplug a kid, a game, you know, right in the middle of a kid's play. Right. Uh, but every, every game that has no end has a quest that can be finished or completed tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm. there, there are stopping points, even though they're not really stopping points. Right. Um, Pausing so, points. <laughs> so that's why I need parents to pay attention to what their kid is doing so they can recognize the stopping point. Right. So the kid's like, but mom, I have to be on here for like, I'm not even close. Like baloney, yeah. you're like, you're like two seconds from the bridge. I know that's a saving portal right there. Right, exactly. And, and kids don't have no concept of time. They, right. they think they've played for half an hour when they've played six. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's, that alone, like, I think one of the biggest things that screen addiction is like hurting is the kids' sleep. Like, sleep oh. is such an underrated thing because it helps protecting his mental health and all these other things. And like, for kids that, that are gamers and they go to bed early, maybe like one or two a.m. That's pretty early for a gamer. Like, it is ridiculous how late some of these kids stay up because they just one more five hundred games later and five yeah. hours later. We talk about the importance of sleep uh, several times a week, every week of camp, Ugh. because quite honestly, if you don't get enough sleep, you're not good at anything else. Nope. You know, school, family stuff, work and gaming. You, you, you suck more at gaming if you don't have enough sleep. So that that's what actually resonates with the kids. Mm. But then, you know, what, what we tell parents is, is to have like a power strip in the kitchen or if you're worried that your kid's going to sneak their phone, have it in your master bedroom closet and put a lock on the door. You know, and, and we have parents that do this. You know, every night at 10 o'clock, everyone's device goes on the charger, gets locked in the master bedroom closet. You can't get that device. I love or it. take the keyboard from the computer. You can leave a computer in the room, take the keyboard. Uh, there's yeah. a teacher, my mother-in-law, she works at an elementary school here in Utah. And uh, she had a coworker whose daughter had broken some rules when it comes to, to, to her cell phone. And um, the girl was sick home, was homesick or something that day. So she had to be at home and the mom had to go to work. So the mom went through the house and she took out every cord, keyboard, mouse, anything technology related that could plug into a TV or allow her to hook up to something. And she brought it with her to little wagon to work. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, what's that? She's like, I am, I am being a parent. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I, I applaud that action because that's exactly what's needed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, as we close today, what, any, any final parting words of advice you have to any of the listeners here that want to do better, but they're not sure what to do? Well, if you'll uh, allow me the shameless self-promotion. Shameless plug time. Let's hear um, it. The, the, the camp program is resetsummercamp.com. That's super easy to find. Yeah, But uh, recently we were kind of struggling on how to reach teens and their families um, off season because it's just a summer program. Right. So we created the Life Skills app. Mm. And it's actually, mm. you go to thelifeskillsapp.com and you can find links to the Apple Store and Google Play. And it's funny that we created an app that's on a smartphone, but there's really nothing to do on the app other than uh, receive a daily message and a daily message is a suggestion or recommendation on how a teen can live their best life. 
And if the teen rolls their eyes and says, I already have this information, we recommend the parent download the app mm -hmm. and, and use the daily message as a dinner table topic of conversation. Mm. The other thing there is to do on the app, there's about a half dozen videos, you know, on mm -hmm. how to pump your own gas, how to use an ATM, how to change a tire, oh you know, God. just life skill stuff. <laughs> but there's nothing else to do on the app. So it's not like it's going to uh, take a lot of your time. Right. Um, I love it. But like I said, we have programs uh, in July this summer in Santa Barbara and outside Montreal, ResetSummerCamp.com, and for year-round, the LifeSkillsApp.com. There you guys go. And all that will be in the podcast description. So if you guys think that your child might be someone who would benefit from these programs, like we said before, it's not for everybody. Um, you need to be in a, in a, in, in a, in a certain spot um, within your child's screen addiction, right. To, to be a part of these programs. But if you feel like that, it's going to benefit your child never hurts to apply. Um, so go Absolutely. check those out, check the, and check them out as well. All that will be in the podcast description. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want save the kids to come speak at your church school or event, you can hit us up at save the kids.org, um, or fill out the speaker form that is in the podcast description as well. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at save the kids Inc. and at bulliesbe.com. Always remember you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.